We're actually building upon last week's message. Pastor Sean, he brought an incredible word on what does it look like to behold God's glory? And then what does it look like to reflect that glory back to God? Were any of you touched by that message like I was last week? Yeah, so we're continuing in that idea of glorifying today. And if you're taking notes, my sermon title is this, The Gift of Glory. The Gift of Glory glory. And we're going to be reading from Luke chapter two, verses eight through 17. But the gift of glory, have you ever received a good gift? Okay. Maybe not as many people as I thought. Have you, have you ever received a good gift that you, amen, that you didn't deserve? All all the parents in the room, don't look at the youth section, but y'all know Sometimes as kids, we did not deserve those gifts. Uh, I, was that, I was that child. I, I didn't deserve a single present on Christmas. I, I misbehaved sometimes. But you know, it actually wasn't as bad before my sophomore year. Sophomore, junior, senior, I love y'all. I started acting up. There's something that happens in those years. Before then though, freshman through middle school, I was like a decent kid. I really didn't talk back. I was just happy to be there, just present. But I had a, I had a fatal flaw, uh, a toxic trait, as the young people are saying. And it was this, I had no patience when it came to opening my gifts on Christmas. I couldn't wait. Anybody else, you're like, I, I don't wanna wait. I wanna open it today. I see one hand, I see two, three hands. I see, I, <laughs> four, five, I, um, I really couldn't wait. And so this uh, set a mission in my heart where I would actually, when my mom, she'd leave the house, I'd open closets I shouldn't have opened in pursuit of gifts. I would look at receipts from my, from my mom's purse to see what am I getting this year? But the worst thing that I did was that one day my mom, she left and Mom, I know you, you heard this first service, so please forgive me again in advance. I, when they left, went under the Christmas tree, peeled back part of the wrapping paper to see what was in the box for me. And then I, I got the paper, put it back, taped it back up. She never knew. She never knew. I had no patience though. I didn't deserve a single gift. But the, the punchline of this story is this, that even though I didn't deserve a gift, my mom still would give me good gifts. Not because I deserved it, but because she loves me. And I just wonder if that reminds anybody in this room of a scripture, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. They'll have eternal life. We don't, we don't deserve that gift, but, but we graciously received that gift. And today we're actually going to be talking about that. There's a scripture in Luke chapter two, where there's a group of men that received a gift that they did not deserve. And this gift caused them to go and see something special, which challenged them to go and share it with the world. Before we approach the text, can I just pray over us today, Calvary Church? Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, 
I just thank you so much for today and for the opportunity we have to approach your word. I pray that we would do it in a humble manner, God. Speak to us, Lord, through your word. I pray that anything from my mouth would fall short, that God, your spirit and your voice would be elevated in this place, Jesus. We love you, Lord. It's in your matchless name that everybody says, amen, amen. amen. All right, turn to Luke 2. We're gonna start in verse eight. It should be on the screen. Here's what it reads. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, terrified. Let's pause there. I like comic relief. And when I come to this verse here in the text, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit because these angels had four opportunities that they were approaching humanity. In Luke 1, they approached Zechariah, the husband of Elizabeth, then Mary, then the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, and then later in Luke 2, Joseph. And every single time, they were terrified. And it causes me to think. I mean, consider Revelation. It talks about these 12-foot angelic beings with wings that have thousands of eyeballs under them sometimes. Sometimes those angels have four heads, the head of ox, a lion, eagle, and a man. I mean, if you were just uh, in your room at night tonight, okay, case closed. So they were terrified, all right. But the angels, every time they ran the same play, but it was powerful. They said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Some translations say, fear not. Fear not. In a season where, I mean, let's be honest, it's, it's a great season, but it could be a busy season. Stress can be on the rise. Fear, it cripples us at times. But in this season of Advent, the theme this week is peace. In God's presence, there is peace. Peace for us, peace for our souls, peace in the stress, peace in the fear, fear not. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. When suddenly a company of heavenly hosts appeared, the word there translated is armies. There were armies from heaven with this angel and they were praising God saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. Today, we're talking about the glory of God. And I have three considerations for you 
from this text on the glory of God. First, that the glory of God is for all people. Say that with me. The glory of God is for all people. Man, when you read this text, do you ever stop and wonder, why did God choose the angels to go to the shepherds to, to receive the, one of the greatest messages of all time? Why the shepherds? I mean, when you consider it, it, I mean, it doesn't seem like the best marketing strategy. Like, why not go to the king? who's gonna then go and tell everybody, why not go to someone with status and power? Why, why would you go to some shepherds on a hillside? It actually complicates the, the question when you look at the history of shepherds. At one time, shepherds, they had a solid reputation. Shepherding was considered an honorable, a noble job. We even seen King David, he was a shepherd and that prepared him for his calling as king but over time, we see in scriptures like Zephaniah chapter two, the perception of shepherds, it just went down. In fact, when researching this, you can find that there were actually Egyptian slurs that they would use against Jewish shepherds to belittle them, to make them feel less than, and those were actually even adopted by the Jewish people at times. Shepherds were the lowest of the low at the time of Christ's arrival. In fact, in the court, their testimony was not admissible. They couldn't bear witness for themselves or for someone else. They were considered less than a citizen. And it kind of blows my mind. Why would God choose to send a glorious message of hope to some shepherds that are on the hillside? Well, when we know the God that we serve, and when we know his nature, it really doesn't surprise us at all because the God that we serve would choose to send a glorious message of hope to the shepherds. Even from the beginning of Christ's arrival, he came at the scene of the broken. He came to the rescue of the lost. He came for the least of these. When in Matthew it says, whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've surely done unto me. It's Jesus's words. He came to some shepherds on a hillside to deliver a glorious message. And I just kind of wonder to myself, did those shepherds really need to hear a good message when they're filled with negativity? They're talked down to, they're even outside of the city confinements. They were outside with the sheep. They couldn't even be in the city I wonder if those people needed to hear a good message of good news. I wonder if those people needed to hear a message of great joy. And that joy would be for all people. You know, these shepherds received this message in the face of isolation, in the face of brokenness, in the face of exclusion. And I just wonder if there's someone here in this room today that you'd say, in a season that's supposed to be filled with joy, that's supposed to be filled with happiness, you're actually feeling loss. You're actually feeling brokenness. Maybe you're even feeling isolated. Can I just proclaim to you, there's good news in this room today. And his name is Jesus. He came 
2,000 years ago in a manger for you. He came for you. If you need good news today, he can be found wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And in his name, everything that's trying to attack you has to flee. In the name of Jesus, strongholds have to break. In the name of Jesus, addiction can stop in a moment. Jesus' name still has power today. If you're looking for good news, his name is Jesus. If you're looking for joy, I'm just reminded by Psalm 30. I, I hold this scripture dearly to my heart where it says, even though weeping may endure for a night, joy, it comes in the morning. Joy is on the way. You're suffering. It's temporary. Jesus' love for you is eternal. He doesn't stop chasing you. He doesn't stop pursuing you. And he's here for you today if you choose to acknowledge him. Jesus is for all. In God's glorious presence, there's hope. There's peace. There's joy. There is goodness. We serve a good God. Amen, Calvary Church. And his glory is for all people, even some shepherds on a hillside. My second point, it comes from the proclamation of the angels. They said, glory to God in the highest. What, what baffles me is these angels had been with God for eternity. And still the only thing that they could say when he arrived to earth is glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. If you read the book of Revelation, that proclamation continues as they sit around the throne of God in heaven saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Glory to God in the highest. I wonder if there's anybody in this room that life hasn't gone your way this year, but you could still say glory to God in the highest. Maybe you've experienced loss, brokenness, but you could still say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God's glory is for all people. But when the shepherds saw the glory, they couldn't stay where they were. They had to go and see Jesus in a manger. You see, the glory of God, it's not just something that we see. It's actually something that has the power to save. Because it's not just a thing, it's a person. The glory of God is not just something that we behold it's something that we need to believe in because the glory of God is a person. He came 2,000 years ago, wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, which is why, like Pastor Sean said last week, when we come into God's presence, it's not just to lift our hands. It's not just to sing songs. Those things are good, but it's more about who we are when we leave this place. It's more about how we carry God's glory with us when we walk out those doors and those doors and those doors. God's glory is too good for us to just stay in the fields. We gotta go and see the savior like those shepherds did 2000 years ago. God's glory requires a personal response. It requires a personal response for us. 
In verse 16, it says the shepherds hurried off. I love that word choice. They didn't walk. They didn't take their time. They hurried off to find Mary and Joseph and the baby who is lying in the manger. I think that the word challenges all of us here that when we are in God's glorious presence, when we have an incredible time of worship like we just did, what are we choosing to do? Are we choosing to stay in the things that hold us back? Or like Hebrews 4 says, are we choosing to strip off all the weights that hold us back and instead following the pioneer of our faith? Are we choosing to stay where we are? Are we choosing to go and see the Savior? That looks different for all of us, but you know what it means for you. Today, what is that personal response that you need to make to go and see the Savior because he's been glorious in our lives? It requires a personal response. We could either choose as Christians, we could choose obedience or we could choose convenience, but we can't choose both. Convenience and Christianity don't really merge well together. We could either choose comfort or we could choose spiritual growth, but we cannot choose both. I heard it once said that there's no comfort in the growth zone and there's no growth in the comfort zone. That you can either grow or we could stay comfortable. We just can't do both. Today, are we gonna stay in the field or are we gonna go and see the savior lapped in, wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger? The glory of God requires a personal response. That leads me to my third point today, that the glory of God, it leads us to a public declaration. You know, in verse 17, this is seen portrayed through the shepherds when they said this, when the word says this, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. We cannot stay silent, church. In a world that doesn't know Jesus, we cannot stay silent. God's been too good to me for me to stay silent in the face of a world that needs Jesus. In fact, the uh, philosopher and theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said he was in Nazi Germany during World War II and he said this statement, that silence in the face of evil is itself evil, that we need to open our mouth. God has been too good to us. We've seen Jesus, we gotta share him with the world. His glory, it's not just something that we see, it's something we have to share. We have to share it with this world like the shepherds did 2,000 years ago. They saw the baby in a manger and had faith and said, this is good news. This is the joy I was looking for. I'm gonna go and spread the word. I might not even know exactly what this baby will become, but I'm gonna share in faith because I believe this baby has the power to save the world. Those shepherds demonstrate that real well to us. And we need to be led to a public declaration. You see, we are not spiritual consumers where we just take things and leave. We're spiritual contributors where we realize this, that 
this church has been too good to me. God has blessed me abundantly. I don't deserve anything that I have. And because of that, I'm living a generous life. I'm gonna choose to give to other people because it's not even mine to begin with. So I'm gonna bless others. I'm gonna give to others. I'm gonna share with others because I'm not a consumer of the church. I'm a contributor to the mission of God here on earth. Anybody else in this room, you say that you're willing to be a part of the mission of God here in Chicagoland, not just to receive, but to preach that he is here and he is God. Those shepherds, they shared that glorious message nearly 2,000 years ago. They saw the Savior who was a son, and they spread the word that he had come to save. And God's glory, it challenges us to do something. It challenges us to go, to go. We are not called to stay where we are. I think of water, when it, when it stops moving, what happens? What happens when water stops moving and becomes stagnant? It dies. We need to keep moving forward. We need to go into all the world preaching the good news of the gospel, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. That's the great commission in Matthew 28. We need to be a generation that goes. We need to be a church that goes to our offices, come on, to our schools. We need to go to our friends, our families, until every single person knows that he is God. Seeing God's glory, oh, it's great, but we can't stay there, we have to go. We have to go and share it with the world. Silence is not an option, amen? We need to share this with the world. And sharing God's goodness might look different for every single one of you. For some of you, after this service, you're gonna shoot a text to a friend that really needs hope, a family member that really needs hope. For some of you, you're gonna go into the office tomorrow and you're gonna be happy, they're gonna ask you, why are you so happy? And you're gonna say, because Jesus has changed my life. For some of you, you're gonna go and see someone randomly in the grocery store, and God's gonna give you a word to speak to them, saying, hey, I see you, God has a plan, he has a purpose for your life. We just need to go and share. We need to go and share. We need to share his love with this world. And I actually have an opportunity for every single person here in this room to share God's goodness this week. You might say, what is it? You know, next week we have this thing here at Calvary Church that's gonna be called the, the Sounds of Christmas. And at the beginning when I asked you, are you excited to be there? You said, yes, I'm excited to be there. But you know what I'm more excited for? There's gonna be food. There's gonna be fun. There's gonna be fellowship. There's gonna be an orchestra, I heard. I like that stuff, that's cool. There's gonna be an awesome expression of worship here in this room, but I'm more excited for the faith that's gonna rise in the hearts of people that don't yet know Jesus. 
I'm more excited for the people that are gonna receive God's hope here in this room because they came because one of y'all invited them, but they left knowing Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. I want people to have a good time, but I want them to leave with God at the center. Christ is this reason for the season, and I'm believing in faith that you guys would partner with me in inviting your neighbors, inviting your relatives, inviting your friends to be in this room on Saturday and Sunday next week because I believe God is gonna move mightily in this place. More than just fun, can we be a people of faith? More than just a good time, can we see that God's name is elevated above every other name? I'm gonna be in this place. I want you to be in this place, but can we share God's message? Can we spread the word? And see to it that other people that need to be in this room are in this room. Amen. We need to share. God's glory is for all people. God's glory requires a personal response. And God's glory, it leads to a public declaration. Calvary Church, would you stand across this room? I just want to give two opportunities to respond. First, if you're in this room and you would say, this has not been a good month. Maybe it hasn't even been a good year. You've experienced loss, brokenness, transition. Things have just been difficult. Can I just pray over you if that's you? If that's you, would you just raise your hand so as a family we can pray? My Lord. Hands all over this room. If you see someone that you're next to, just lay a hand on them right now. And we just want to pray good news and great joy over every single person in this place. I'm going to pray, but would you please pray out loud with me? Father God, Jesus, I just pray in your mighty name that, Father, that you would bring good news that you would bring great joy for these situations that you see. God, every single hand has a story in this place. And Jesus, you know that story better than they do. And God, you can turn it for the good. God, right now, I pray that things be made right. I pray that situations be made whole. I pray that addiction and brokenness would break in the mighty name of Jesus. And that God, we could leave here and say, it has been good to be in your house. I have seen your goodness. I have tasted of your joy. Father God, let it be so in this place over every hand that's been lifted. Father God, and we agree in the mighty name of Jesus, everybody says, amen. Amen.